With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. How we doing? The season is upon us, gentlemen. It is game week. I'm excited. It's football. I hate the off season. I'm glad the season's back. Just a few days away. And Utah has a starting quarterback in Tyler freaking Huntley. Who saw that coming? In all honesty, I- I'm not that surprised. Aren't you at all? Yes and no. I am. I, okay, I know we all, all three of us a few weeks ago, right here on this podcast, were saying that Williams was the starter. It made sense on paper. But if you look at it, Huntley's been challenging him this since spring. They weren't named well, the starter, you, so that's you, when they came out. Actually, let's let's back that up a little bit. If you... Listen to the coach of uh, Troy Williams. This has been decided for quite some time. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, is they let this drag on. And I'm not, I shouldn't say maybe they didn't let it drag on, but there was competition for months and months. So that's when, when they finally named Huntley, I was kind of like, oh, it makes sense. They've let the competition go this far. It was that even. If it just came down to Huntley gives you a little bit more of a running attack from the quarterback position, it makes sense. Well, if if you listen to what Kyle's had to say, that the Huntley's had the better completion completion percentage in fall camp, which uh, you know, so I, obviously that puts him ahead. Obviously, you know, it's been talked about his running ability, and that you know that kind of sets him apart. But I kind of, I kind of think a factor, and and I don't know. This is just, this is just opinion. But if the fact that he has multiple years left in the program had something to do with this, because you name Troy Williams the quarterback, your starting quarterback, you get him for one year, and then next year you're going through this all again with with a, a starter, whether it's going to be Tuttle, whether it's going to be Huntley with no experience and you're going through that same process again. Whereas if you give it to Huntley next year, you've got a returning starter. And I, I, I don't know how much of a factor, but I do wonder if that did play any, any part. I, I mean, I see your point to a certain extent, but I, I don't see how you can factor that into this current season. No, I, what, what I'm saying is everything was so close anyways. So, that is just something. Yeah, I mean that that's not going to help complete any more passes this year. I mean that's not going to change anything for this year. I'm just thinking long term. If that's some that's an extra push in his direction. I I I see, I see your point, 
I don't think I can get on board with it. I'm, and I'm just saying that because I'm I'm disgusted. <laughs> coaches want to win now, right? Oh, of course. They want to win now. For sure. And I think that this decision just game came down to who can win in the most games this year. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean Troy Troy Taylor's already said that. He's he said I can win games with any of these quarterbacks. But he thinks uh he thinks Huntley gives him the best chance. So obviously he's 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 confident in any of these three guys, but I think obviously it it we've spoken about it. It's been sp- talked about on Twitter and social media, everything that Huntley brings to the table that obviously pushed him over the top. But I think that completion percentage plays a big factor in what he, what he's going to be able to do through the passing game and what Troy. Taylor, there's too many dang Troys, <laughs> <laughs> is asking him to do. And I would, I think, I, th- I agree. I think the passing percentage or completion percentage plays a huge fact or plays a huge part in that as well. When you, you can even take this back to last season when Troy was struggling to complete passes. I think it was the last, what, last six games or so, he was under 50% completion percentage. Well, he, he, I think he finished the season, at f- it was either 48% or 52%. Either way, yeah, it wasn't very good. Right around 50%. 50%. So either way, it's not good. And then Huntley get, got quite a bit of run in the bowl game. But, no pun intended, but literally all he was doing was running. <laughs> That's true, he only had one completion. Um so you can you can kind of say that that the competition for the starting job started in preparation for last season's bowl game. Oh, for sure. I I think I think that's I think that's pretty accurate because they knew what they had in Huntley. They knew the ability that he had, and it was just his. I mean, Whittingham has said this over and over. He's got to stay within the framework of the offense instead of just breaking out and doing his own thing and running. And obviously, he's proven to the coaches that he's he can do that now. That uh, he can still utilize his athleticism. He can still be electric. He can still make the plays that they are wanting him to make, but within the framework of the offense. And maybe maybe A Rod's offense just did not suit him very well. I don't think it suited anybody very well. <laughs> but um, I mean, I think the change in offense is very similar to what uh, what he ran in high school in Florida. And obviously, you know, he's just taking advantage of this situation. And uh, I'm a little nervous, I got to admit. I, I don't really know what to expect from him. Is he going to come out and just light the world on fire? Or are we going to see lots of growing pains? I'm excited to watch him play. I, th- I think the part of this whole situation that's gotten lost is the fact that Whittingham went with the guy nobody expected him to go with. And and I know it was Troy Taylor's decision. At least that's what they're they're I, telling the media. Or, but you look back over Whittingham's career; he's always been very conservative on offense. Well, I I, I just just to counter that, I mean, I, I I definitely see where you're going with it. But remember when he started Jordan Wynn over Corbin Laux and I can't even remember who the third person in that competition was. Ter- but Laux was definitely Ter- the was it Terrence Kane? Was it Kane that year? We'd have to go uh pull the old Google on that one. I can't remember. But I going in going into fall camp, Corbin Laux was the 
prohibitive starter. I mean, he was people were leaning that he was going to be the guy, and Jordan comes in at like weighing 140 pounds and wins the starting job, which obviously proved to be too early for him as his body just couldn't take it. But I, I think that's probably the only other time he's kind of yeah. I, I had forgotten ball. about that situation. I think you're right, but I, but I think, I mean, Whittingham's track record doesn't lead us down a road to think that i mean I, everyone i think thought it's williams he was a starter last year you bet. the team won nine games he's he's a senior it's his job and well, and it's pretty surprised us all it's pretty apparent troy thought it was his yeah. job too <laughs> so yeah I, I think other other guys on the team have commented how this was surprising so um i uh, bodes well it bodes well for Winningham letting Troy do it his way and run it the way he wants it and and uh, so that it's definitely Winningham's kind of turning the page a little bit on this uh, on this one but uh, I'm excited I think Troy Taylor's gonna I think he's gonna show quite a bit this year I'm not sure it's gonna be as much passing it almost seems like a lot of the fan base thinks we're gonna be like Washington State all of a sudden. I don't see that, but I mean, yeah, it's no. really not an air raid. It, yes, we will we'll probably pass it a little more than we have. I think we're still going to rely heavily on the running game. So you bring up the running game, Scott. The depth chart came out today. Everyone knew Zach Moss was the starter uh, because of the injury with Amon Shine. But it's kind of interesting that Jordan Howard is on the two deep and not Devonta Henry Cole. Yeah, that is a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. Is Howard really the only action he saw last year? I believe was in the uh, was that the Arizona game? Arizona game, and I think he where had like where one, Shine went out, and then he went out, right? He yeah, he ran a few yeah. plays, and then he got yeah, injured. he was injured. Yeah. I mean, we were going through running backs like crazy, which is obviously what brought uh, um, Joe Williams back. Yeah, Joe Williams back into the fold, but. I mean, he did show well in that one game, and he did. He was awarded a scholarship. Um, obviously, he's got the coach's eyes, but at the same time, I don't know how much can be really made out of these depth charts because at the end of the day, they're going to rotate guys through. Devonte Henry Cole's going to get his reps. He's going to be given every opportunity to produce because you're not. I mean, really, Moss hasn't proven that he can stay healthy either. No. I mean, no. he he was injured in the spring game. He was injured a lot of last year. And now he's he's our guy with Shine. Either we may not even see Shine at all this year. When I even talked to Kyle McDonald uh, this fall camp and even asked him that question, you know, does, does he like to have a one guy that can, that can carry that position or is he like the uh, committee approach. He said, you know, to play at a high level in college, you have to have a committee of running backs uh, that you can't just rely on one single guy to carry you through the whole season. Well, and, and McCormick, can't rem- can't forget McCormick was, was changed from uh, a wide receiver back to the running back position. He's going to get opportunities. Troy loves wide, or running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And uh, so you, I think you're going to see you know, all of these guys utilized kind of in exactly kind of what, to your point, Ryan, it's not going to be the exact same way. Obviously, we'll run the ball a lot, but I think it's going to, they're going to get the ball in their hands a lot of different ways than just what we've seen over the last decade of Utah football. 
and 12 coordinators. <laughs> Nonetheless, I'm excited to watch it just for the sheer fact that football season's back, but it's well, exciting to have something new to look it forward is, to. It is. It is. And I'm excited for kind of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We've, we've heard so much about this offense and what, what it's going to look like and how it's going to play out. I'm excited just to actually see it. And even though the competition, it's not a Michigan, you know, it's a lower level opponent in, uh, in North Dakota. Just the fact that football's back and we get to, we get to see this play out. I'm, I'm excited. This will be, don't let's, get, let's the, get it going, baby. Don't tell the North Dakota fans on their fan board. They're, they all think they're coming in and upset us. 17-10. <laughs> we don't play defense. No, I'll tell you what. If we only put 10 points up on the board, <laughs> the uh, the new cannon shot's going to be the, la- the least of our worries. <laughs> hey, hey. That's a cannon we, call. Get well, it straight. Look what we've done as a fan base. We've ran Brian Johnson out. Ludwig. Todd Christensen. Todd Christensen. Uh, that's a he was an announcer. Dave, Dave Christensen. I don't even remember his name. That's how bad he was. Todd Christensen played for BYU and was a horrible commentator on the Mountain West Channel. <laughs> oh, and then, and then Bobby, Robbie Bosco. <laughs> so, okay, Steve Dave, Dave Christensen, Aaron Roderick. We run him out of town. Oh, we can run Troy out if we only put 10 up on North what, Dakota. What is the over-under on how soon uh, on social media there'll be a hashtag fire Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we win this game 45-6, to six, there won't be anything after this game. Do you have faith that we will win 45-6? to six? Because there's nothing in Utah's DNA that shows that they will do that. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, what we expect it to be... Especially in the first game when we're as vanilla See, as that's what I was going to say. We expect it to be very vanilla, very base. But it'll still be interesting to see at least the beginning parts of what their offense is going to look like the rest of the year, right? You bet, you bet. Well, it better be more than 20 to 6 or the media's going to go crazy about <laughs> next week's game. So another big part that caught my eye today on the depth chart is my breakout player of the year for the offense, Samson Nakua, is starting over Simpkins. I think that caught a lot of people by surprise. I know Nakua has had a great spring and even better fall. Uh, I know Coach Holiday has raved about him. Coach Taylor has raved about him. Um, so I think, I mean, all, what, the, all the wide receivers are going to get a lot of play, right? I mean, Winningham, he's been talked Well, there's about four, there's five, four wide receivers can, on the depth chart. Or four wide exactly receiver positions right. and, where and, in the past we've had three. And, and they've even gone and said, you know, there's five, six, even seven wide receivers that are probably going to get a lot of playing time. But it's just interesting for whatever, how much you want to put in these death charts that Nakua is, is listed as the starter. I mean, he, you're right. He's gotten a lot of a, a lot of run. I mean, Whittingham raves about him every time he talks about him. Apparently he's tough, likes to go over the middle and get the ball. He might be the next Britain Covey. Yeah, it's my uh, breakout players. Not you guys. Hey, I've, I, I've got more than enough confidence in uh, in Jordan, my picks. Thank in, you, in thank Jordan. you, Scott. I appreciate that. Agasiva. All right, jumping over the defense. Just, uh, Ryan, he plays O line. Just if you oh, weren't aware. Oh, really? Yeah, I just want to make sure you're up to date here. Jumping <laughs> over. Unfortunately, the- Cameron didn't let enough airtime go in last week's episode when you chose. Your 
you chose Agassiva. There was like a five minute break while you were just selecting your player. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All I know hey, is that at least, one. <laughs> at least I know how to pick a breakout player. Yeah, I got to give Scott that one. Marcus Williams, really right? <laughs> hey, he's in he's the NFL just... now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone saw that one coming. <laughs> That's the thing. All right, switching over to the defense. Chase Hansen. Zach Moss, baby, started running back. Chase Hansen's back in the starting lineup. We should see him. But Whittingham said, what, he's only 80 to 90%. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see really how much playing time he gets. Well, uh, he also said if he's not 100%, he won't play him to risk re-injuring him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him. And if we do, I'll bet it's, you know, first quarter type action just to give him a little game experience and uh, maybe help with his conditioning a little bit. But at this point, I don't think you push it. I mean, no. They're uh North Dakota's not going to beat us through the air. I mean, it's they're they're more of a ground attack anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they are your typical old style offense, two setbacks. Um, pro style type of. I mean, they can throw it. Don't get me wrong. They 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 have the ability to. to. I think they're going to have to if if they want to move the ball. But I I think what it it also leads though with with Chase Hansen's situation is just how much trust uh, the coaching staff has in the secondary that I know a lot of people questioned going into this season. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think Corian Ballard has lived up to the hype. I guess we'll ultimately find out. Philip Afia is probably one of the most improved players on the team, is what many have said. Um, you know, right there, you know, those guys are going to see a lot of action regardless. And a lot of hype around this defensive backfield with uh, not a lot of experience coming back at the corner position. Jalen Johnson was not a starter, which is a bit surprising. But well, that's, uh, I was surprised too, but that. It probably speaks volumes for Casey Hughes' ability then. Yeah, and, and he's been in the program. And so I would love to see Casey Hughes have a good year and be a guy that we could really rely on throughout the uh, throughout the season. And we're going to need to, quite frankly. I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of guys, but a lot of inexperience. So some of these guys have really got to step up and, and be able to accomplish what, what uh, a starter at Utah in this defense is going to require. So along with the depth charts, the University of Utah announced today the cannon call. Thank you, Ryan. It will go off 30 minutes prior to kickoff for the home games to let fans know to come because we're so poor at showing up on time. (laughs) I don't like it. I think it's so lame. I kind of like it. It's just like, hey, 30 minutes to game time. It's just kind of like a... But but it's nothing... I mean, whether they do or or they don't do it, it doesn't... Like, there's no negative effect to it. I know, no. I I mean... Exactly. I know. It's not taking anything away from experience... I mean, of, it's of not getting 46,000 people clapping <laughs> retarded. <laughs> or, like, most of the people aren't even going to hear the dang thing. I just I just think it's kind of funny that they're recognizing that the fan base doesn't show up on time. And so they're going to do an alarm clock to get people from the tailgating lots <laughs> over. Clock. That's just why I think it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Well, they know their audience well, 
and they know <laughs> that uh, you people of Utah, this isn't just Utah fans, the people of Utah have a hard time showing up on time. So I'm just curious what they're going to do to stop the people leaving in the middle of the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the gates. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I mean it's not going to be a big deal. I don't. It's not like it's going to add to the environment. Well, I guess it could if it's going to get people in their seats. But uh, I, I think it's. I think it's a. I think it's a cool idea. I I'm not sure it's on the same level as uh, like themed nights, themed games with wigs and <laughs> and things <laughs> like that. Bill but it's Markoff wigs. But it's a start, you know. When I say it's the. Number one rivalry in all of college sport. Mm, mm, We're not mm. talking about numbers. I mean, when you talk about Michigan, you know, a hundred thousand people. <laughs> We're not talking, and and we don't have that. <laughs> we don't have that numbers in the state of Utah. Well, we have a passion. That was a little off topic. <laughs> this, is, um, this has been a train wreck. <laughs> a little out of the left field, but I guess that's probably what we would get with Markraft. <laughs> You brought up his name. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Good night. Oh, that brings us to our next point. The Bill Marcroft moment. <laughs> Folks, remember to spay or neuter your pets. <laughs> anyway, so at the end of the day, yeah, I know that the cannon call isn't going to do anything to take away from the, the game day experience. And maybe it will kind of be cool to start a new tradition. I guess I just to me it doesn't really do anything to me it doesn't get me our yearly new tradition well our, our tradition is new traditions <laughs> <laughs> that's true the thing is it doesn't that particular the canon thing doesn't add to the game experience it just adds to the game day experience I think it's not you know it's not part it's not gonna be part of the game what they should do I mean they went to the expense of getting that giant drum built. That they don't use anymore? They should just pre-game, just like put it in on a flatbed, just drive it around and just beat it. See, I could get behind that. That'd be kind of cool. Pre-game. Keep it out of the yeah. stadium. No, they should bring it up in the North End Zone and let the Utah Man podcast bang on it. <laughs> That's true. They could, just, they could just plant it somewhere and fans can just walk by and... Okay. Uh, the last. Part, <laughs> I don't know what else Next. to say. <laughs> the, the last. That was that was creative <laughs> thinking on the air. So the the last bit of news. I think it's kind of cool. They're having a DJ, kind of over oh, by yeah. the mosque. Kind of fun. Yeah. Maybe add a little bit to the atmosphere. There. Well, we'll see. Kind of fun. Kind of cool. Different. Hopefully, they don't get shot by the cannon. Hope they don't lo- load a live round in that thing. <laughs> what well, is pointed right towards the north end zone, right? Where <laughs> it's right, we pointed at us. <laughs> All right, so Utah takes on University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Is that what they I are? They're the Fighting Sioux. Well, they changed their name oh. a couple years ago. So they're the, the Bulldogs. Anyway, Shinnecockas. <laughs> I wanted to play you guys a Shawshank Redemption. I wanted to play you guys a clip. This way is, down yonder, the Chattahoochee. <laughs> this is what it's like trying to run a show with these two. 
let me guys, let me play you guys a clip. He doesn't uh, allow from, us to go off script very often. <laughs> from Kelly, <laughs> what page are we on again? Oh, that is correct, Cameron. <laughs> what a wonderful point you just made. Period. I hate you guys. <laughs> All right, so this is Kelly Howe from uh, University of North Dakota Football Three Sixty. I think it's ESPN, uh, the affiliate up in. North Dakota. This I didn't is know they had radio up there. Well, apparently they do, Ryan. And it's 360. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, his thoughts on how North Dakota can come away with the victory in Salt Lake. Uh, Kelly, can North Dakota walk into Salt Lake and shock the FBS world? I think they can, based on the fact that the Eastern Washington offense, yes, it is potent, but when it gets out of out of sorts, when they're not on, it's ugly. I mean, it gets it's three and out, taunt three and out, and you put your defense in a bad spot because they keep going on the field so quick. That is the one thing to watch. If UND is able to get off the field, three and out, get a few of them, and get not let them get in sync. They they definitely have a shot with all the with all the seniors they have on offense this year. That would be a story Friday morning. I'm sorry it it's not going to happen. <laughs> Excuse me, Ron. <laughs> I think they're too close to Canada. Eh? <laughs> hey, when they get out of source, they're not very good. <laughs> Thanks, Booner. Back to you. <laughs> So, <laughs> did they watch Utah's red zone offense last year? We were out of sorts all year. Hey, Ron, you're sp- you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. Is that what his name is? Is it Ron? Kelly. Ke- oh, I was close. <laughs> you're, you're like me. <laughs> Dave, Doug, or whatever. Anywho, so Okay, so I wanted to bring that clip up just because I thought he brought an interesting point that with this new offense, uh, you know, North Dakota saw it. Uh, being in the same conference as Eastern Washington, I thought they brought up a good point of if this offense isn't clicking, how we'll go three and out very quickly, and it could do it over and over again. Do you guys have concerns with the new offense doing that at all? Well, I think, obviously. I mean, if you are going three and out, and you are going at a fast pace, then yeah, you're you're... No time's going off the clock, and you're putting your defense back on the field in tough positions. So, obviously, that is that's a concern. But that's that really is nothing new. I mean, joking aside, we're kind of hello. To that. We're used to that. <laughs> I mean, if anything, the defense probably expects it. So, obviously, it's going to be important to get some sustained drives. But I. I mean, I understand what he was trying to say there, but when any offense in the entire country gets out of sorts, they're not very good. So, and that's that's including North Dakota in that. They don't have a chance. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to sound like an arrogant Utah fan, but it it shouldn't be close. Well, and I I'll pull a, a twelve eighty and I will eat my hat. <laughs> It's close. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think we're going to lose. Is it possible for us to lose? Of course. I don't think likely. But I don't. I really don't think we're going to go blow them out by forty points. I would expect probably a twenty, twenty, maybe twenty-four point victory. 
then I'd be okay with that. I mean, they're a, they're a top ten ranked team in the FCS world, and yeah, I mean they're, they're not just, a terrible just, team, right? We just have so many question marks, and not so much not so much question marks, but we just have a lot of unproven talent. And it's game number one. It's going to be vanilla offense. So I don't think we're just going to come blow, blow the doors off them. I just don't think that's going to happen. If it does, then I think we're going to be in really good shape this year. Um, I just don't necessarily see it. I think we win. We'll win comfortably. But there's going to be some ugly moments. The The only thing I guess that I'm kind of apprehensive about is I believe they beat Wyoming last year to start the season. And Wyoming went on and, and won the Mountain West. Well, they they if I'm not mistaken, did they not beat Washington State a couple of years ago? It's very possible because okay. Washington State seems to lose. They to could a, have. Well, next time I'll do my research and I'll I'll find that <laughs> out. But uh, but no, they're they're picked to to win the Big Sky. Like Ryan said, they're ranked tenth in the country in their in their division, and they bring everybody back offensively. Yeah, a senior quarterback. We um, we should be able to move the ball on their defense. But they could be somewhat of a test for our defense. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll, it'll be really interesting. Uh, Winningham even talked about it today in the press conference. Um, you know, like I said, they're kind of an old old school style, uh, two set back. So the, our defense doesn't really see a lot of that because, you know, we see a lot of spread. Um, so maybe well, at times. Well, Pac-12, we don't really play defense, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, message boards. Thanks, Ron. They're built to run the football, I think, and but I don't think they they've come across the likes of guys like Lotulele and Mokofisi and Kylie Fitz. Kylie Fitz, thank you. Yeah, wow. so hopefully, hopefully Utah runs away with this one. Um, you know, we always like to pick the the Utah game, the score. I do. Who even need to do it? <laughs> The, yeah, of course oh, we got to do it. I just didn't know we, if we were going to do it because off. it's Let's go. It's game SCS number one. School. We got to get our our preseason get jitters out of the way. Our here. game on. <laughs> so I'll go first. I think Utah wins. I'm going to go. I'll go thirty-one-six. Okay, I'm going to go thirty-five-ten. And I'm right in that ballpark, going thirty-four-ten. All right, and so we also like to pick some Pac-12 games, and the game I kind of want to talk about even before we get to this week's game, Oregon State. Oh, boy. Disappointing the conference, losing why? to Colorado State 58-27. to How come they're not on our schedule this year? Yeah. And why don't we have them and Cal? Right? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was, as of last week, midweek, I was defending Gary Anderson on Twitter. And... Uh, which is hard to defend a used car salesman. Well, there were I because he's he's selling not many right fans that have think very highly of Gary Anderson, and I'm I'm a, a little bit surprised by that because while he was here, he did a phenomenal job. Um, obviously, I think he hurt some feelings when he went to Utah State, and you know, took some kids, and then the whole Oregon State thing with the recruiting issues and whatnot, but. I'll tell you what, if you're a, you're known for being a defensive guy and you're trying to rebuild a team, rebuild a program, you cannot let a Mountain West school hang 57, was it 57? 58. 58, 58, 58 points 58, on you. I get it if you're going to struggle offensively and, and you know, kind of go with the Utah mold, but you cannot allow that to happen. 
Oh, and That's I think crazy. I think Oregon State needed this game to get bowl eligible. Well, they there's there's some because that that was that was their, that was their that bar, picked, right? That have that was them to win maybe two or three games all year. But that was and that kind was of one of them. their bar was to get to a bowl game this year, right? And, and I they're think, eliminated after a game one. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they're not eliminated. <laughs> but looking over their schedule, I think they had to have that one. I I think they had to. So they're not they're they're not making it to a bowl. He's, Maybe they'll make it to the lemon. If that's bowl. the case, how ma- how how long is the leash up there on him? I I, I would. Th- I mean, if if this year just goes catastrophically bad and they win one or two games, then I think next year's probably make or break for him. I don't think he gets. Yeah, I, don't I mean, think yeah, it's, it's only his, this it's year, his third but. year. The the only thing though is that they've invested a lot of money in him and that program and their assistance that they've never done before. And so I think that's the only thing that will maybe make that leash a little bit shorter and maybe that seat a little hotter this year. But who knows? Just think of all those former Ute coaches who may want to come back into the fold. (laughs) (laughs) Since we're talking about this game, shout out to XU Jordan Fogle starting free safety for the Colorado State Rams. Had a good game. All right, so keeping that in mind, uh, first game we're going to pick is Portland State, who just came off. Oh, they're of, a powerhouse, <laughs> from what I've been told. <laughs> a loss to BYU. They are at Corvallis for Oregon State. I guess it's an in rivalry game, if you want to call it that. Go Beavers. <laughs> I, Beavers I think, better win that one. I, I think Oregon State wins that one. Um, I think yeah. Port- Portland State showed well against BYU, um, but they don't really have much of an offense going on. And who BYU? Oh, both. <laughs> <laughs> but Portland State didn't really have much of an offense. But going Ty on. freaking Detmer and the Lamb effect. The Lamb effect was in full effect there. So I'm going with the Beavers, Ryan. Beavers, Scott. Yeah, you never go against the Beavs. And our next game we're doing is Cal is traveling to North Carolina to take on the Tar Heels. I know a lot of people are down on Cal this year, maybe winning one or two games for the whole year. I think they're going to be better than that. I don't think they're going to be bowl eligible by the end of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe get to four or five wins, um, maybe doubling what people are expecting. So I think Cal actually goes in and surprises the Tar Heels. Goodness gracious. Cameron's coming out of the gates hot. Ryan? New coach going into ACC country. You, you just want to create a deficit right there early on, don't you? Oh, jeez. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels. Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Tar Heels, too. I don't think Cal. You got to back I'm not sure. Pack. I'm not sure I'll ever pick Cal ever. <laughs> just out of principle. <laughs> and the last game we're picking is Colorado State. And Colorado Buffs. That'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. game. I'm really interested with this Colorado team uh, with losing a lot of players on defense from last year and their defensive coordinator going to Oregon. Uh, Really interested in seeing what the Buffs can do. I'm going with the Buffs, Ryan. I don't think Colorado's going to be as good as they were last year in Colorado State. I mean, granted, it was Oregon State, but I'm going to go with the Rams. Who'd you go with, Cam? I went with the Buffs. I went Colorado. You went, uh, you went with the Buffs. So I'm I'm a homer for the Pac-12. I'll admit it. 
Um, I, I, it's going to be a good game, I think. I think so, too. Especially for what Colorado State did uh, against Oregon State. Sorry, no, sorry, I, think, I, th- I think it'll be a good game. I, uh, I mean, Colorado, they've, they've turned the corner, obviously. They won the South last year. Yeah, they did lose a lot, but they've actually been recruiting pretty, pretty well. So I expect them, they're going to be pretty competitive this year. Colorado State, I'm not, I don't know. It was a really good performance, but again, it was against a pretty hapless Oregon State team. So I think it'll be a good game. I will probably go with the Buffs on this one as well. All right. So that will do it for us tonight. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N. Feather. And Scott? Alright, you can find me at uh, Uteman underscore forever. So you can follow me and this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast and on our home at UtahManPodcast.com and go Utes! Go Utes! Kai will be till I die. Go Nutrient! We're good, let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. The year was 1965. You can't do it in your normal voice. (laughs) The year was 1965. We were in Fort Collins, Colorado. It was a blister. (laughs) A blustery day. There are blisters everywhere. It was a cold, wet November day when we visited Colorado Springs in the Air Force Academy. That wishbone attack really took... (laughs) The winds were brutal that day, my friends. (laughs) If I could have seen it now, I could have seen it a mile. (laughs) They shoved that wishbone down our throats. We were eating for days. It was 1912. <laughs> 1912. We had just crossed the country and with our w- oxen. <laughs> and I remember building Rice Stadium with my bare hands. <laughs> you don't know how difficult it was <laughs> to create that black U behind the end zone in the north end zone. That black black asphalt asphalt utah we had to pull that out of the mountains up in uh little cottonwood canyon bring it i went through three wigs that year (laughs) oh my god